Good morning, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Rebel News Daily live stream. I'm your host, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and I'm joined by my co-host in Calgary, Adam Sos. And some of you might notice that there's a bit of a diminished quality in the stream today, and that's because we are running off Zoom because we are going to bring in a very special guest, David Menzies, live from the Ambassador Bridge later on. And this is sort of the only way that we can do it is if we move over to Zoom. So bear with me. I'm not mad about it, though. Being a woman of a certain vintage, I don't like to be high down anyway adam how's it going oh it's going wonderful i'm upset being in my prime i want <laughs> so but i'll survive i'll survive yeah there's nothing going on in our country let alone our province right now i don't even know why you or i showed up for work today um because it's just completely boring um except for the fact that our prime minister has sought to declare war on peaceful Canadian protesters. That's what it comes down to today. Um, he had a late night meeting with the first ministers and his cabinet. So the first ministers being the, the premiers, and he doesn't necessarily need the premier's permission to do this, but he does need the premiers to go along with it. So let's see how that happens. Um, he is considering, we don't have official word yet, but the national post is reporting it that Trudeau is to invoke invoke the emergencies act to clear away protesters and border blockades. And that could mean big, big trouble for our fellow Albertans down at the Coots border. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's troubling certainly. And this is something that we, uh, we sort of got a wind of last week at those points. It was, uh, uh, it was mere rumors. It wasn't reportable, but it did seem that this was sort of inevitable. Um, oddly, it sort of sparked immediately after he stormed out of uh, the house and wasn't willing to answer any more questions, stormed out shortly thereafter. These conversations start started, uh, the rumor mill started swirling, and here we are today. It seems more fact than fiction, certainly. And it's, it's shocking, truly, because, I mean, the last time we had measures to this extent uh, were effectively the FLQ War Measures Act with his dad, so there's certainly a predisposition. Um, it's funny that, that nepotism is at play even in a purported democracy like Canada, so... Now, we should uh, tell everybody what we're doing before we get too far into the show. I just wanted to talk about that right off the hop. But this is the Rebel News Daily live stream. It used to just be on Friday, hosted by Ezra Levant, and just streamed on YouTube. But there's more news than ever, and things are breaking all the time. Every morning, it seems like, I don't know about you, Adam, but when I wake up, it's what are the things that I have time to do a story on today and not... Uh, I wonder what I'm going to talk about today. It's too much. It's hard to weed through it all. And sometimes the best way to address that is just like this, sit down, read the headlines with a friend and uh, interact with our viewers, which is something that we love to do here on the live stream. So we used to just be on YouTube. They went full censorship. They demonetized us. They don't want us there. It's only a matter of time before we're gone from there. So I don't know. I don't know about you, Adam, but that's kind of how you get more of me. If you tell me not to be somewhere, I'm like, I'm coming and I'm bringing all my friends. So that's kind of why we're still on YouTube. And it's a great way for people to find us. And we have nearly 1.6 million YouTube subscribers. We don't want to abandon you. But let me just encourage you, um, if you are enjoying the show, why don't you scoot on over to another platform, one of the more free speechy platforms like Rumble, Odyssey, and SuperU. And on all three of those platforms, you can support the work that we do completely willingly. When YouTube took away our ability to receive Super Chats, well, these other platforms said, hang on here, we've got a Rumble rant where you can make a donation, an Odyssey hyper chat, um, where you can also make a donation and a super you shout. And if you do one of those, uh, Mr. Producer, Andrew will send that to me in the form of a message and Adam 
or myself will do our very best to address those on air. And uh, I believe we're also on a fourth live streaming streaming platform, a fourth mm-hmm. free speech platform. So that's five in total on Getter, are we not? Right now? Yeah. Yes, I think it's this is our third week of this is our hey, third Getter. week being live on Getter and I, I said it last week, but I'm making a conscious effort to spend a little bit more time on Getter and a little less time on Twitter because Twitter is a censorship platform and Getter doesn't care about my opinions. And uh, that's, I think, the way that all these social media companies who claim to be the new public square, that's how they should be, but really they're not. Um, but we should get back to the War Measures Act, the Emergency Measures Act, as they say. Mm-hmm. The last time it was invoked... Uh, people were going around abducting people and murdering them. Um, and so that the prime minister basically admitted that he lost control of the country at that point and needed to take extenuating circumstances to deal with that situation. This is not the case here. In 2022 Canada, Justin Trudeau has lost control of the country because people refuse to be controlled by him anymore because the means by which he's controlling them no longer makes sense to them. This is not a crisis of murder and kidnapping um, and terrorism. These are just peaceful Canadian citizens who didn't feel heard, so they took their concerns to Ottawa, and that now has resulted in what could be a declaration of war against them. Likewise, at the border, uh, you've got Canadians trapped within their own countries. In some cases, they're trapped within their own provinces, trapped within their own homes. They're not allowed to travel, so they block the border, and Justin Trudeau gets mad. Um, Basically, this amounts to a suspension of our Charter of Rights and Freedoms, but I don't know if we're going to be able to tangibly tell the difference because for two years... We've had our Charter of Rights and Freedoms basically suspended by the federal government. They've inhibited our ability to protest, who we can have in our homes, how we can travel within and outside of our own country. Uh, They've forcibly taken people to COVID jail, so incarcerating Canadians without trial. We've seen search and seizure of property in the case of Coots, Alberta, and we'll get to that in a little bit. So... I'm, if they make the charter disappear, I'm not sure how many of us would actually notice at yeah. this point. The, the, there's like a sick, perverse irony in all of this, because almost every one of Justin Trudeau's comments against the people at Coots, the people at the Ambassador Bridge, the people in Ottawa, could be made against himself for the past two years and the premiers across these provinces who have fundamentally undermined and stripped people of their basic rights and dignities. Uh, the criticisms often are, well, you're not allowing free travel. You're not allowing people to participate in society. It's a nuisance. It's an encumbrance. Um, you're not allowing businesses to prosper. Yeah. You're affecting all these things negatively. Well, that's what you have been doing for two years. Um, and the fact of the matter is, I've been down there. Sid is down there. Obviously, kian has been down there. Anytime someone tries to do a test, there's all these articles out there about, oh, well, I was trying to see a loved one and they wouldn't let me through the border, so they died before I got there. Yeah. Listen, the fact of the matter is, is if you roll up to that block and you've got a bloody good reason to get through, they're going to move a tractor immediately yeah, for they have those been. people. Because we know for a fact there was a there was something, apparently, and I don't know if this is confirmed, but um, someone was attempting to, to lodge sort of a counter-protest, and they got about a dozen trucks with livestock and the intention, apparently, from what we're hearing on the ground, was to drive through and then have them block the border, and then they would have a whole story. All the media rolled out their cameras and were ready for this horrible story um, about the livestock being stranded. Of course, 
the RCMP was blocking the road and the, the boys down in Coots, the, the, the tractors, the farmers, they're like, we're not going to let, we're not going to let livestock suffer. They immediately moved their vehicles. So these narratives are, are categorically false. Um, and, and to criticize people based on what you yourself have been doing for two years is ridiculous. We're seeing even now that there is actually seemingly some semblance of an opposition under Candace Bergen, um, that people are starting to criticize these actions starting to say that there's an end to it. And Justin Trudeau keeps saying that he is willing to allow or look at any sort of methodology in order to put an end to this. Well, end your unconstitutional charter violating mandates and this ends, that's it. Maybe resign while you're at it, but definitely end the mandates because that's what these people are asking for. And it's funny when I was talking to the truckers, and I was, I was trying to really grasp what they were after. And I was, I was talking to dozens of people. Ultimately, they want the Canadian government to obey the laws in Canada. Yep. That is what the truckers are asking for. They're not asking for special treatment. They're not asking for the government to cave on some big front. The truckers' demand is quite simply, obey the Canadian charter, the measure by which all laws are tested. That's their ask. And that's not what Justin Trudeau has been doing. They aren't asking for anything unusual. They want to go back to January 2020. That's what they want. They just want to go back to normal, not some crazy new normal, but the old normal where, where the government respected the law and so did Canadian citizens. These people at these protests... They are not normally politically engaged. They're not lawbreakers. They're not protesters. They're not convoyers. They're moms, their dads, they're normal people to inspire Mm -hmm. an otherwise politically apolitical person to pack up their life and go to Ottawa for starting now three weeks You've driven them to that. The government has driven them to that. And instead of saying, what have we done to drive so many of you to participate in this organic movement that is taking off across the country, but also across the world, as we've seen, we've seen convoys, even in Israel, that they've inspired these normal people to do this, which is, I mean, look, it's a street party, but I mean, Instead of the government saying, what have we done to, yeah. to mobilize this many people? They say, how do we stop the mobilization in well, the quickest, most forceful way possible? And it's, it's as though, like, I don't know if it is this extent of ineptitude. I don't know how it's possible. And it permeates everything from local provincial governments, purportedly conservative governments, all the way up to the federal government. But everything that they do is literally the opposite of what an intelligent person would do in that situation. You can go back to Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, who is now, and we'll talk about this in a bit, but sitting in jail awaiting a bail hearing for, we'll talk about this, but everything they've done to Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, that ongoing persecution, now what they're doing to these truckers, they're punching down, to use the term of the progressives, they are punching down time and time again and beating up on people, abusing their power. And then they're, they're shocked when people become upset. But I can tell you this weekend, and I'm sure lots of other rebel reporters will say the same thing, Every week, basically, on Saturday, there's been protests. They've ranged from 1,000 to 7,000, maybe even a little bit more than that. But we're we're seeing them walk down 17th Avenue, one of the trendiest avenues. It's been dubbed now the Freedom Mile, and it stretches on for like 10, 15 blocks, just sheer people filling the streets. And I can tell you, 
every past weekend up until these last two weekends, this last weekend particularly, the very trendy shops, the places that are still doing QR codes, even though they're not supposed to, the, the vibe from them has been swearing, it has been heckling, and it has been rude. I can tell you on Saturday when I was out there, people were cheering. They were yeah. clapping. This entire subset of society that was maybe going got, got vaccinated has been going along with everything, don't really care. They're looking at the truckers and saying, well, hey, hold on a minute here. And the tide has shifted because they were cheering, they were clapping, they were saying some less than parliamentary things about Justin Trudeau. Uh, but the vibe, the, the culture, the mood has shifted where even the moderates, even the people on the fence have shifted. And I think, I don't know if uh, AD happens to have it, but this Bill Maher clip that is out there sums up the international attention. This yeah. isn't just a local embarrassment. This is an international story drawing international attention to the extreme. So I don't know if uh, AD has that clip. Okay, we're, we'll, 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 yeah, we'll run that clip a little later because we're just uh, pretty busy. But the, the extent of this, it's, it's baffling. And some of the extreme rhetoric that there has been out there about conservatives in the past, well, mainstream voices internationally are saying those things somewhat validly about Justin Trudeau now. It's an incredible, it's an incredible time to be in Canada, certainly, and virtually unprecedented since, well, guess what, uh, senior, Trudeau senior was in office. Yeah, and I think even the the family that owns the Ambassador Bridge, the Maroon family, um, they've actually come out and said, you know, the quickest way to end this is just to lift the mandates on both sides of the border. Yeah. Like, which, I mean, they're the ones, they lose toll every time that somebody can't cross that bridge. Yeah. Um, and they've said, look, just lift the mandates. It seems so simple. Yeah. But instead of just lifting the mandates, the prime minister who has lost control of the most peaceful, docile people on the face of the earth has decided to declare war on them. Yeah. Um, we should, um, and now we should have, I guess, given what we saw happen in Coots and the immediate escalation of what happened in Coots, we should have realized that there was some sort of things happening in the prime minister's office to deal with the border because it started off yesterday as sneaky and sleazy. Yeah. We'll talk about this too. Um, but, but then could sort of devolved into a little bit of a police state zone down there. But before we go on to that, we'll talk about two thirds of Canadians ready to drop restrictions. This yeah. is thank you truckers, by the way, yeah. um, because this is shifting like 10 points a week um, yeah. of people who are ready to drop restrictions. The longer these protests go on, the more people are against restrictions. And uh, I mean, it seems like a political no brainer, if you're the prime minister to say, you know what, I've heard from the people, I've seen the polling, let's lift the mandates. But that's not what's happening here. He's doubling down. Well, and the, the incredible thing here is I, I want to point out, and this is vital, this is not a pragmatic, oh, well, things are inconvenient. 99.9% .9 of people in Alberta are not affected by a blockaded coots they are ideologically aligning themselves. That's where the yeah. shift is taking place. It's not that they're inconvenienced because they can't cross at the Coots border crossing. It's they're ideologically aligning with these truckers. Someone mentioned this to me the other day, and I didn't actually see it myself, but there was actually a CBC poll 
And I think it was something like 45% of people, even among CBC viewers, which I can tell you is no one attending any of these protests. Yeah. Um, but even among CBC viewers, it was something like 45% were calling for all mandates to be ended. All period. That's CBC yeah. viewership. Um, categorically that like we saw in the streets and the cafes, like we're seeing in the polls um, and like we're seeing uh, from international media and local media, uh, like even India news is doing stories about Justin Trudeau stubbornly not ending the mandates. Um, it, it's, it's just so universal and so transparent that the tide has changed. Even Jason Kenney, and I gave him his two day window to change his mind. He didn't do it. It took him a couple of weeks. Every politician now is suddenly tweeting about condemning communism and how we need to open up and the federal conservatives, we won't stop until this is over. You're a little bit late. You kind two of- Two years late. I gave, <laughs> I gave you your two day window. You guys missed it. Nice try, but uh, no one's buying it. But I mean, things are trending in the right direction. And certainly uh, the politicians who were speaking out against us all along probably have themselves some supporters for life. Yeah, this is something we should point out too. After, you know, a week of somebody saw a, a fed with a Nazi flag in the um, truckers convoy two weeks ago, that's all that they could talk about. Mm -hmm. But yet, if you look at the back there, there's the communist flag and the communist flag should be at least as unpalatable to yeah. free people in a civilized society as the Nazi flag. It stands for bigotry, genocide, uh, persecution, forced labor, internment camps, all those things, confiscation of property, um, starvation. Wait, are you talking about communism or Canada? I lost track here. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, the communist flag that's in the background yeah. there. Um, and that is not on the news. It's not, no. it's just, I guess it's just something. And I know this, it's something you normally see at a left-wing protest, a pro-union protest, yeah. um, anywhere where there's a gathering of public sector workers, you will see a communist flag there. It's yeah. they wear the pins on their hats and on their jackets as yeah. though it's no big deal. They do it all the time. But that is as equally as evil as the yeah. Nazi flag. But yeah, it's well, no big deal. Like they've killed hundreds of millions. Yeah. And and they've literally targeted like if you're LGBTQ, you should not be in that march because guess who have been largely targeted and executed uh, yeah. by Che Guevara, Stalin and company. Like it, it, it is a symbol that should be as shocking to you as as that as a swastika. Realistically, that is a a completely fair comparable. And that is the parallel of progressive march with a communist flag. And then a, uh, a far, I don't even, this, this is the distinction. I want to make this clear. Those communist flags are authentically among these all the time things in all, all the, the time. time. They have to scour Canada. I've been to count. They have protests. to plant a fed. That they guy have, was yeah. a fed. If, <laughs> if, if you show up with a Nazi flag, you run Milk out river milk river is the most peaceful place everyone's feeding each other it's like a hippie commune when you're down there it's the most loving place i've ever been if you showed up with a swastika you'd be in trouble yeah like if you they, you'd be out of there faster than you could possibly imagine so this is the distinction is these people down in milk river these people in coots these people at the ambassador bridge they're saying leave us alone respect the law in canada we want our freedom the the counter protesters are saying we want communism yeah yeah, they want more government control. Yeah. We've got even more uh, bizarre signage from over the weekend. We've got kill yeah. the anti-vax. 
fitting. I mean, yeah. that is, I mean, they're, they're ramming people. They're, they're using rhetoric about not how these people are taking up space, the wasteful eaters, like it's absolutely yeah. terrible. Tax the, like tax, like tax the unvaccinated seems like some lunatic Antifa slogan, but that's what the government in Quebec was saying. Like it, we've become completely unhinged. And when the politicians are unhinged and extreme, which Justin Trudeau, uh, what's his face over there in Quebec and most politicians, their rhetoric towards unvaccinated people has been unhinged and an extreme. Uh, Rachel Notley the other day was saying we need to end the lawlessness. And I think I've said this before, but I'll say it again. The lawlessness is what the government has been doing yeah. for two years. The lawlessness is violating the criminal code, is violating charter rights. Lawlessness, and by definition, like anti-legality, is when a, a, a credible organization like the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms or the Democracy Fund challenges and asks for health experts from the government to defend their positions in court. And they say, oh, I'm on vacation that week. I can't possibly make it. They can't be held accountable for two years while yeah. they're violate, violating our freedoms. This isn't a two-week, we we're making an exception because of an exceptional circumstance. This has been two years of, well, we don't really have to answer your questions because we're unelected health bureaucrats. And that is troubling. Now, I think this is the time that we had scheduled to talk to David Menzies from the Ambassador Bridge, um, which I think is a good uh, jumping off point because we'll finish up with David and then we'll uh, move on to... Um We'll move on to Alberta news because things are really getting heated down at Coots. At least they were last night. Mm -hmm. uh, Mr. Producer's just giving David a call right now. Um, so I guess it would have been on Saturday, police started moving in on the protest at the Ambassador Bridge. And I think that was directly because Biden leaned on the Canadians. And I think that horrible, oh, David, your oh. head's on sideways. That horrible uh, governor in Michigan did the same thing. Oh, there's, let's get David Menzies Our flipped line. around. Uh, hey, how's that, Sheila? Hey, you're looking good, David. How's it going <laughs> down there? It's a beautiful sunny day, by the way. Happy Valentine's Day to you. And uh, Adam, am I allowed to say that these days? Or, uh, you oh, know, I'll but... Uh, <laughs> and I already picked up my... Uh, you know, here's why I love the dollar stores, as you know, Sheila. Picked up the Valentine's Day card for Lady Menzoid. Only a buck. But on the back, it's pre-printed 450. I make sure to circle that so she doesn't miss it. So she thinks I paid more than I actually did. What do you think about that? I bet you put some scratch and win lottery <laughs> tickets in there for her too, you romantic guy. <laughs> so tell us what's the scene. What's the scene down there at the Ambassador Bridge? Do we still have protesters? What's the police presence like? A huge police presence, uh, Sheila and Adam. Um, What's more, uh, all over the city, uh, I sent you a text, Sheila. I, I said that I feel like a rat in a maze because wherever you try to navigate, you come face to face with big concrete barriers that the police put down there with heavy equipment. And um, it, you know, it, it's very funny. Just um, less than an hour ago, I was at Tim Hortons, and what should be a jam Tim Hortons uh, at the beginning of the lunchtime rush was anything but. I was the only customer in there. There was nobody at the drive-thru. And I asked the lady, um, uh, are you busy today? She said, we're dead. And it's because you literally can't get to it unless you know some secret back road uh, entrance. So 
These demonstrators, as you know, guys, have been called economic terrorists. Well, who are the economic terrorists now, I, I ask you? I, I have to ask you, Dave, from, I mean, we've seen it down here in southern Alberta. It, it seems very much half the time we're hearing that the border isn't being actually blockaded, um, that they're, they're letting people through. But the RCMP, the police, the local authorities are, in fact, the ones blockading everything. I thought they were anti-blockade. Yeah, it, it's very interesting, Adam. I think the reason for the blockades, in fact, I'm pretty sure of it, is to prevent any repeat um, blockade from occurring. Many of the demonstrators I spoke with over the weekend, they vowed to return. I'll tell you something, guys, that'll be a very tall order indeed. Um, I couldn't even get across the street, uh, not as a demonstrator, but just as a member of media to get a better view of the uh, Ambassador Bridge, an OPP officer said I had to go to some command post and then get an escort. And it was like something out of Monty Python. I said, can you just let me cross the street? So this city is really clamped down. And um, it's a perverse irony, isn't it? Uh, the blockade got the attention of authorities because it was doing so much economic damage. I mean, in terms of magnitudes, it was a fraction of what we see going on in Ottawa today. But in terms of economic damage, uh, depending on who you believe, the, the mayor of Windsor said $450 million a day not getting across the bridge in goods. Uh, the premier said on Friday it was $700 million. So we know it's in the hundreds of millions. That got the attention of the powers that be. That got the emergency, the state of emergency declared which when you think of it, is it really a state of emergency? I mean, you'd think there was a cholera uh, outbreak or a hurricane or a, a volcano erupting, but no, it, it's, a, it's affecting some powerful people in uh, the money business. And um, it, that's why this was targeted uh, more so than any of, of the other uh, blockades or demonstrations, I think. You, you know, you David, that's, go ahead, go sorry, ahead. I was just going to say, it's an interesting point you make because Justin Trudeau right now is seriously considering, and I'm sure that he will invoke the Emergency Measures Act, which replaced the War Measures Act, but in effect, it does the same thing. And it's designed actually for times of like war um, or critical and urgent situations that endanger the lives, health, and safety of Canadians, um, such as natural disasters, disease outbreaks like cholera, like you just said, um, or civil unrest. But what we're seeing is not civil unrest. These are people who are protesting the government. And I think there's a very big difference between widespread civil unrest a la the purge versus what the organized peaceful demonstrations we're seeing now. Oh, 100%, Sheila. As you said at the beginning of the show, uh, we go back to 1970 when Papa Trudeau, uh, Pierre Elliott, that is, was in charge. And that was the FLQ crisis. Now, you were dealing with a kidnapping. You were dealing with a murder. Uh, you were dealing with multiple bomb threats, so on and so forth. That's why the army was brought in. Uh, but that's not the case here. As much as Justin Trudeau and some in the mainstream media vilify these people as bigots, racists, haters, you name it, um, well, that is not the case. When you go out and talk to them, we're talking salt-of-the-earth Canadians. We're talking about people uh, that have never been to a demonstration before. And unlike the left, 
you don't see these protesters for hire mobs come out. Um, yeah. These are people, Canadians are very polite. But, you know, as the saying goes, uh, you kick a dog hard enough and long enough, that dog is eventually going to bite back. And that's what we're seeing, an element of frustration in our great dominion um, and that is bringing people out. And my goodness, as you also said, Sheila, from New Zealand to Paris, uh, it, this has sparked a movement. I mean, um, the Canadian flag seems to be a symbol now um, of yeah. who, you know, you know, of the anti-lockdown mandate. And so it, it, this is bigger than just what's happening in Canada. You know, I'm glad you say that, David, because, you know, we saw the American flag used as a symbol of freedom during the Hong Kong protests. And now oh, the Canadian yeah. flag on a hockey stick has taken the place of that symbol as the working class resistance to these lockdowns. And this really, the invoking of the Emergency Measures Act, is an admission that Justin Trudeau has completely failed, but that he also refuses to do the reasonable thing because you can only invoke this thing if the emergency is of such a proportion that it exceeds the capacity or the authority of a province to deal with it. We're not there. There's a real easy way to deal with this. Lift the restrictions. But he would rather crack down on peaceful Canadians instead of do the one thing that could make this all go away. But that would be an admission that he was wrong. A hundred percent. I love what you said there about that flag, because the thing we're hearing time and time again, you're probably hearing it on the ground too, is people saying they're finally proud to be Canadian again. I've had like a dozen people with tear-filled eyes saying that. It's interesting though, Dave, because you mentioned like the, the the criteria and the threshold for this emergency act. Uh, it's almost as though there's dozens of churches being vandalized and burnt across the country. Um, why is it when you can see mass looting, you can see protests, you can see everything else under the sun, you can literally see dozens of churches burned, 60 vandalized plus in total. There's no measure of concern or care about this. Are they reacting to these truckers so militantly because they're being more effective than any other movement? possibly in Canadian history, to rally the nation? Oh, 100%. You know Justin Trudeau has been humiliated. Uh, you know uh, he never reached out and had a discussion with anybody. Rather, he vilified and demonized them. He called them the fringe element. Well, guys, you might be aware of that uh, Maru public opinion poll that came out a couple of days ago that based on Justin Trudeau's behavior of the last two weeks, his approval is now at 16%. In other words, if there was an election today, only 16% of Canadians would support him or vote for him. Wow, talk about a fringe element. I mean, Justin Trudeau, please look in the mirror. And you're right, Adam. Um, one of the most overlooked, underreported stories of 2021 was the arson and vandalism of churches across our uh, dominion, um, politicians of every political stripe and every level avoided that like uh, Superman avoids kryptonite. It was embarrassing. I also go back, uh, you know, guys, you know, two years ago, we had rail blockades and that went on for weeks and weeks and weeks. Mm -hmm. It cost the Canadian economy 
billions and billions and billions of dollars. And there was no vilification of those demonstrators by the government or the mainstream media. There was no sense of urgency. Okay, you had your 48-hour news cycle time. Now get off the tracks. No, no, no. I mean, eventually it was shut down, but it went on for several weeks. And yet here, as soon as these um, trucker convoy demonstrations happen, uh, there is the vilification and an urgent timeline to remove them. And I'll tell you, uh, we're talking truckers. I mean, I love the truckers. As um, Tucker Carlson said uh, a week and a half ago, and I thought it was so profound, if you are alive today, thank a trucker. That's why groceries are at the supermarket. That's why medicine is at the pharmacy and so much, much more. And the idea of some people walking by these big rigs in Ottawa and pelting them with eggs, you know, the irony is kind of incredible. How do those nut bars think the eggs got on the shelves in the first place. (laughs) You know what, David, I think a lot of it is jealousy. Um, A lot of people who fancied themselves to be human rights activists are just not. They they want to be in the class of human rights activists, but they really aren't. The most successful human rights movement in a generation was born in the cab of a tractor and in the cab of a truck. And that's the truth. And um, it, these are the people who are constantly maligned as Nazis, bigots, backwoods, uneducated. But at the end of the day, they are the people who are standing up for the freedom of everybody else, even their enemies. Oh, 100%. You know, Sheila, we're talking the common man driving a common van, as the uh, old song used to go. And, yeah. you, you know, these elitists, the very idea that they would get into a cab of an 18-wheeler, well, first of all, they wouldn't be able to drive it. Uh, they wouldn't know what gear to put it in. Um, these truckers, not only, like I said before, quoting Tucker Carlson, thank a trucker if you are alive today, the hours and hours they put on the road, um, you know, the hard work. And you know what? Sometimes the returns aren't all that great. It, it, you know, it's, it's hard to make a living. The humiliation... Um, that they have to endure when they, uh, we've done stories about this, when they drop off a load uh, somewhere and ask to use the restroom and um, the people they're delivering to, sorry, truckers are persona non grata here, try the Tim Hortons. That is disgusting and disgraceful. But again, the elites, um, they look down on blue collar people and there is absolutely nothing uh, to look down upon these people. You know, I I read a book about 10 years ago. It was called Blue Collar and Proud of It. And the author, a high school dropout, was talking about how he started his own landscaping business in Massachusetts, and it grew from a one-man operation to $2 million in revenue per year. And, you know, as the saying goes, guys, the work may be dirty, but the money's clean. But all these elitists, all these you know, uh, downtown Starbucks people walking around with their lattes, uh, they wouldn't dream of doing, uh, of going to a blue collar profession. And the joke's on them. That's where the jobs are. That's where some really good paying jobs are. And uh, yet uh, they, uh, they're going to, I don't know, University for Gender Studies, where the only job available to them is to teach gender studies. <laughs> yeah. 
it's it, this had this had to be working class from the get-go the other incredible thing too that i've noticed is the folks like ourselves doing real journalism very many of us have blue collar working uh, working roots um sheila myself sid sid who's been absolutely killing this story he was a roofer like yeah. it, it had yeah. to come from the real people who are suffering because the fact of the matter is is we'll outwork these people we as journalists will tell the story when when we're covering a story mainstream media rolls up for five ten minutes gets a shot and leaves i'm there for 16 hours if i need to be i sleep four hours and i'm back same thing with these truckers yep. they're not getting paid but they'll outwork the government one trucker can take on workload wise as much as any of these bureaucrats and their teams can do so have to be david, class. yeah david i wanted to go yeah. back to something you said because i thought it was very profound and that's kind of rare for you so I just, want, I just want to point it out. Um, hey, it's Valentine's Day. Give me a little I'm, love. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Um, but you did note that, you know, when it started to hurt, GM, yep. Toyota, uh, Dodge, that's when the government all of a sudden became anti-lockdown activists and they yeah. were willing to move heaven and earth to get the economy back going. But when it was mom and pop shops, uh, florists, small yep. restaurants, little pubs, they didn't care. They could keep you locked down for two years. They didn't care what happened to your business. But when their big rich friends like Toyota and GM started to hurt, oh, and when, uh, you know, Walmart supply chains were affected, Oh, that's when they had to act. It only lasted six days. And it's also Alberta oil. Like it's only yep. Eastern industries. Yeah. Look at Premier Ford's family business, Deco Labels. I understand business has never been better at Deco Labels. I don't think it's closed a single day. They're printing all those, you know, directional arrows and whatnot so that when we're walking in the supermarket, we uh, don't have yeah. a head-on collision and pass our COVID cooties onto uh, one another. So um, COVID-19 has been very, very good for the Ford family business. And yet here he's the guy guy who on Friday said, if you don't leave when asked to by the cops, you're going to face a fine of $100,000 up to, and perhaps even a year in jail. Uh, this yes. is staggering. And I think literally since 2019, I read this the other day, I don't know if this is confirmed, but I believe the, the, the Ford family net worth since 2019 has gone up 15 times, and it's largely in relation to this printing business. Well, Adam, I did try to confirm that it's a private company. It's not publicly traded. So, um, mm -hmm. you know, those might just be unfounded rumors. However, I did because, you know, like Sheila, like yourself, Adam, Sid, everybody else on the team, we always go out to seek the other side of the story. Last year, I went to Deco Labels in Etobicoke and um, went up to the door, which was locked. And um, what did they do? They called the police on me. <laughs> <laughs> and once upon a time, 2017, Doug Ford himself, when he was running for mayor, was pitching a rebel news show, a weekly show called Ford Nation. It's gone from that to calling the police just when you knock on the door of a business to get their side of the story. Isn't that amazing?
David, you know what's amazing? That you escaped the weekend without getting arrested. That was my biggest <laughs> stress on Friday night. I contacted your videographer and said, please get David's lawyer's <laughs> information and his wife's information uh, before you guys go out on location. Uh, because when the police are around, there's a 75% chance that David's leaving in handcuffs, but somehow you managed to escape it. But tell us what the <laughs> police interaction with the journalists was like over the weekend. Yeah. You know, that was a stunning, uh, Sheila. You know, I, I can understand somewhat getting demonstrators uh, off the streets and what have you. But so many members of the media, the mainstream media, other independent media, we were on sidewalks and an OPP liaison officer said, you must vacate this sidewalk. I said, wait a second, I'm not trying to give you a hard time, but this is a public sidewalk. And he said, we have a Supreme Court decision uh, to fall back on that gives us this right. Well, you better, uh, you know, believe it, Sheila. When I get back to the office, I'm going to have our lawyers look into that because I've never heard such a thing. So we moved on to a plaza. No, you got to leave the plaza too. cross the street to another plaza. Nope, you have to leave this plaza too. At one point, I was about a kilometer away at a Burger King parking lot. <laughs> his, his Highness didn't uh, order us vacated. But this was, to me, really petty and vindictive. And if the police are going by the book, why wouldn't you want the media recording your behavior? Why wouldn't you want, you know, the story to get out there that, um, you know, and, and the gist I got from so many police officers, guys, is that their hearts weren't in this operation. You know, um, they, they weren't happy about this. You know, you get the statistical anomaly in law enforcement that can't wait to whack them and stack them, as the saying goes. But I thought the way journalism was being shut down uh, was egregious. And like I said, I sure want to take a look at the fine print of this Supreme Court decision that somehow uh, gives police the power to uh, remove journalists from a public sidewalk, according to the OPP. Can I ask really quickly, I don't know if, if it's the same, I know down in Southern Alberta, when RCMP officers were engaging enforcement, none of them were from Alberta. They flew everybody in. Um, I understand this is effectively OPP, but are, does it seem like they're bringing in people from other regions so they aren't sort of policing their own, so to speak? Oh, 100%, uh, Adam. Uh, I saw police, the RCMP, for example, um, the uh, Waterloo Regional Police, uh, they had a big... Um, uh, contingent staying at the same hotel we were. I saw one of their uh, paddy wagons, and you know it, it was kind of funny because you know police services. David, that's they racist tend to... against the Irish. That's you're being oh, racist well, against the Irish, David. I'll, I'll make an apology <laughs> next month on St. Patrick's Day. Uh, They're called trucker but, wagons now. Trucker wagons. Trucker wagons. <laughs> oh, uh, the ones I've seen say offender uh, transports or something like that. But, you know, you see these slogans on police cruisers uh, to serve and protect. That's a good one. Uh, Deeds speak. <laughs> and the, the, the Waterloo Regional Police, their slogan, I'm not kidding, folks, people helping people. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. I asked a Waterloo regional policeman at a Tim Hortons. Um, we're going to tend to find some cops on some days. I said, what's the deal with people helping people? He was a good guy. He said, hey, man, I didn't come up with that. <laughs> You're going to have to go to headquarters for a comment. Yeah, but, you know, yeah, 
Uh, oh, it's so worth it because, yeah, how am I being helped by you uh, telling me I can't exercise my constitutional rights to take part in a completely peaceful protest? Because we know that a mostly peaceful protest, according to CNN, that's when you see burning buildings in the background. That's when the reporter is ducking so he doesn't get hit in the noggin with a Molotov cocktail. Um, that's a mostly peaceful protest. But this has been 100 percent peaceful. Um, the vast majority of the arrests that were made, it was a few dozen, um, police reported they did not have to use force. And they also reported, uh, nor were we encountered uh, by violence. Now, I heard uh, outside of the blockade zone, there might have been an incident. I'm going to be uh, chasing that down later today, guys. But um, so even when they were getting vehicles towed, even when they were being arrested with potentially serious consequences. I mean, as Premier Ford said, up to 100 grand in a year in jail. Um, there were no, you know, there were no protesters throwing haymakers, much to the chagrin, I would suggest, of members of the mainstream media, because you know they would love to capture that on video. You bet. Uh, David, before we let you go, because, you know, you're in the middle of a story right there, what do you see there? Are there any protesters there? Or have they all been chased off by the cops? Oh, no, it, it's completely over, Sheila. And in fact, um, going back to what I said at the beginning with these uh, giant concrete barriers, um, if you can't get a vehicle here to, uh, through the various side streets. Uh, they're all blocked off. Big police presence. And um, if you're a pedestrian, forget it. Uh, the police are everywhere along the ramps of the bridge. Uh, you're, you know, even myself, I'm not a demonstrator. I tried to cross the street. I was forbidden unless I get a police escort. So, um, I like I said, it'll be a tall order indeed for this protest uh, to resume itself. Now, on the other hand, how long are they going to leave these blockades in place? Because it is creating havoc for businesses. And how long are these police cruisers going to be just idling their engines and, and looking for uh, pedestrian protesters? But uh, as of right now, it is 100% over. Uh, the bridge traffic, as you can see behind me, is yeah. uh, moving along. And um, now we just have to look at those other uh, demonstrations, Coots, Alberta, Ottawa, of course, and uh, see how that plays out, especially with this ominous uh, saber rattling that we're hearing out of uh, Parliament Hill about the, uh, the Emergency Services Act being invoked. Uh, to deal with this. Well, David, you stay safe out there. Don't get any tickets for illegal pedestrianism too close to a national uh, <laughs> border crossing. I guess that's what's happening in Windsor these days. Wouldn't that be amazing, Sheila, if with all this uh, anarchy here in Windsor for the last few days, that the cops would issue me, I don't know, a jaywalking ticket for improperly crossing the street. You're tempting fate. <laughs> fate. It's just like calling a shutout, David. You ruined it. You're going to get a ticket. Okay. Well, guys, you're doing a great live stream. And uh, a shout out to our entire team. They're putting in endless hours. Uh, Sid's piece yeah. about the, uh, the RCMP vandalizing privately owned vehicles on private property. That is despicable. That, I think that's the worst of the worst uh, in terms of a law enforcement angle for these demonstrations. Um, and, uh, yep. well, and we'll see where things uh, get, are headed with Ottawa. So 
Thank you very much uh, for having me on, guys. Thanks, David. We'll talk soon. Speaking of Take care. Uh, terrible law right. enforcement, speaking of just absolutely abysmal law enforcement, we actually have two stories that absolutely beggar belief. They are heartbreaking, and I think we will go right away to Sid's story that he broke. Um, for those unfamiliar with the story, there was a number of excavators lined along the side of the road, and the RCMP yeah. effectively asked that they be moved away, suggesting that they might be used with a blockade or whatever. So the, these excavators were owned by people involved in the protest, but just to be clear, they weren't in any way, shape, or form being used. They're separate property. So uh, On they, private land. On private land, away from all of this. So this is the equivalent of like, they, they, one of the protesters had a summer spot in uh, Kelowna and the RCMP went and raided it. So the RCMP actually asked them to move it. So it's out of sight. And then once out of sight and Sid broke this incredible story. And if anyone's doubting it, there's RCMP confirmation in the audio. I see yeah. people on Twitter saying this is fake. It's the RCMP confirms they did this. So they had them move these excavators and then they sabotaged them as though a thought crime. I guess there's a minority report RCMP station. Yeah. Um, they pre- vandalized and sabotaged their equipment. I mean, these excavators don't come cheap. Sheila's going to know no. better than me, but this is hundreds millions of thousands, of if not dollars. millions of millions. dollars uh, damaged. And the RCMP confirmed this for purported thought crimes. This isn't uh, they, they unhooked and pulled something that was blocking the road. This is, oh, by association of being here, we're going to go onto your private property and damage your excavators. It's, it's, it's unbelievable. It's shocking. Why don't we roll that clip? Because it's crazy. Sid did some great journalism here. Yeah. With uh, per permission from the owner to park it here, RCMP, um, they had it parked in view of the, within view of the highway. RCMP requested that it be moved out of view of the highway. So we've obliged them. Um, after it was moved here, somebody sabotaged the equipment. There's uh, wires cut. There's filters removed. Spray foam put up fuel lines, like these things, these all three machines, they're valuable machines. Um, and it's gonna take a lot of work to put them back into order. Um, I can't see that, that happening. Like there's parts missing, um, parts have to be replaced. There's a lot of labor that's gotta go into fixing these things before this, these these fellows can use their their own equipment again. Hey there. Sid, it's uh, George Sutton, call for you back. Yep, thank you. Uh, so I can confirm that we disabled three, looks like three excavators. Yep. Um, to prevent the equipment from being used in the illegal activity of the blockade. Uh, was there an expectation there as to how they were going to be used? Uh, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I've got the answer for you. I'm not sure what other questions you might have with, relative to that. I wasn't part of that, uh, that planning or the execution of that. So yep. I don't think I can comment any further than that. Nope. It's all good. Really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Hey there, Corporal. Uh, this is uh, Sid calling you again really quickly. Um, if you have the time for a second. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, so I just wanted to confirm um, exactly what the damage was done by the RCMP. The damage, the disabling? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we, we can. Yep. Right. I don't know. I don't know what we did to disable those vehicles. Sid. Okay. But okay. Yeah. Sorry. I, I forgot to get that bit there uh, last time, but you did confirm that it was you guys, but um, in terms of the specific damage, you're unaware. Yeah. The specific uh, steps that we took to disable those vehicles. I don't, I don't know. Okay. All right. No, appreciate that. Just wanted to reconfirm. Thank you. All right. Take care. Yep. Bye-bye. So two calls. 
two calls confirming from the RCMP. And I love that like rhetoric, that language. Oh, disabling. They basically sent a couple, I can just picture these, these I guarantee these goofball RCMP officers, excuse me, but the people who vandalized these excavators, it's ridiculous. I guarantee their hearts were racing and they were sneaking around like mischievous little kids, cutting wires, filling gas lines. Like this is like a night raid. It's yeah. absolutely ridiculous. And it's like at, at the, the government and RCMP, RCMP is going to pay for that. They absolutely have to. Chad Williamson, I believe, is on the case. But it's it's absolutely absurd. Like, this is like they, you, you're involved in a, a protest and they come to your house and, and take apart your whatever because they predict that you're going to use it in relation to the protest. It's absolutely mind-boggling. Furthermore, as we saw there, the, the, the gentleman said that they complied and moved it. They were trying to be helpful and comply with the RCMP and move it. And then the RCMP used the fact it was out of sight to vandalize it. I agree. I agree 100% wholeheartedly with Rachel Notley. You're not going to hear me say that too often, but the lawlessness has to stop now. The RCMP, if you're, an, if you're the RCMP officer who did this, you immediately should have gone to the media. There's no excuse. It's absolutely unacceptable. You had to go to the media or to a commanding officer and say, this is illegal. We cannot do this. Um, and the fact that you didn't, you did that, you, you're absolutely going to be held accountable for vandalism. I don't know how they thought that this was an okay thing to do. You we are we are just sorting through the information as it comes in. We have confirmation, obviously, that the RCMP did this. Did they go and get a, one of those ex parte warrants to do this? If they did, they've been dealing. That, that's even worse, especially when they know they've been dealing with TV lawyer Chad Williamson the whole time. He's been yeah. down there helping negotiate with the police, so they definitely know how to get a hold of him and say, "Hey, we're getting a warrant against these guys. You want you kind of have to be involved in all of this now." Um, so that obviously didn't happen because Chad didn't know what went on until you know the farmers are telling him and the truckers are telling him. This is though what happens. I think, and we're going to see a lot more of this when we chase all the moral objectors out of our important institutions, when we yeah. chase them out of academia, when we chase them out of politics, when we chase them out of policing, when we chase them out of the military, and we, we just sort of chase them out of society and unemploy them. Instead of in normal times, these are the people we want in positions of management, people who are guided by a sense of right and wrong and a strong moral compass. Yeah. Instead, this, this, the actions of the police and coots, this is what we have when we don't have somebody in management with the moral compass, when we don't have somebody, when we fired all the people who said, I cannot do this thing that you want me to do because I object to it for conscience reasons. This is what you have. You have a automatons. These are automatons. Somebody gave him the order to go vandalize somebody's property, not just disable it, but disable it in such a way that you can't make it usable again without yeah. serious expensive work. They didn't just cut the fuel lines. They spray foamed up the fuel lines. So you can't well, just reconnect them. They've they, damaged this. They could have locked the thing down, put a court order on it saying like they could have legally, I'm sure if they went through the proper Try, mechanism. I mean, yeah, the courts are yeah. doing whatever they want now these days. Well, anyway, but, they could have done this. Yeah. They could have locked it down, issued a thing, put police tape on it saying, if you, if you, if you remove this thing or move it um, before such and such a court date, you'll be held in contempt of court, whatever. But instead they just destroyed the thing. 
Well, and I, I know, but there's so much more to talk about what's happening in Coots because after this, I think the police were expecting an escalation. Now we damaged their property. So now they're going to want to fight us. I think it's creating an escalation. Exactly. They were ramping up to an escalation so that they can come in heavy handed with a show of force and just round everybody up and stick them in the trucker wagons or the Menzies wagons, as we call them around here at rebel news. Um, that didn't happen. So the cops later on, they roll in, they send in the tactical team, their, you know, weapons brandished, um, into the truckers when the truckers are having barbecue, uh, as a show of force, they roll into town like this. Um, and then later on in the night, cause Sid has been working nonstop, like through the night. If you go to Sid's Twitter feed, you'll see when he's tweeting and when he's covering the action, excuse me. Um, the police last night made at least one arrest. We don't know for what yet. Uh, there might be a second arrest. We're just sorting through the details on that, but we don't, we have no confirmation on it. So we're not going to report that as gospel. And, uh, one, uh, semi truck was seized along with another tractor was seized by the police. So, um, they are starting to move in on coots. Uh, I've just heard anecdotal reports that police are starting to amass in milk river. I cannot confirm that I haven't laid eyes on that. Uh, Sid's chasing down that story also. So stay tuned to Sid Fizard's Twitter feed and rebelnews.com to get the full story. You won't see anywhere else because he's fully embedded in the convoy there. Yeah. And to the folks in Milk River, I'll be back tomorrow. So fear not, we are we are on the way. I think uh, I think we got some folks heading out today. So uh, yeah. RCMP, don't get any ideas. We got cameras on. That's right. Yeah, and somebody else said that also today. Like the that's the greatest weapon you have at this point against the government mm-hmm. is your cell phone camera. Yeah. Uh, if they know you're recording, they might not do what they were going to do to you. Um, it's, but then again, they might not. So, um, let's get to some of these chats because it's already 11 o'clock mountain standard time for one minute. Yes, please. You go. Yes. Absolutely. So I I don't want, and this is so pivotal, um, before coots, before these blockades, before everything, pastor Arthur Pavlowski, who, if you don't know, has been arrested for a fifth time. He's been in jail for a week at the remand center, largely kept in solitary confinement. It is a horrible, horrible thing. Many people have been asking out there. Um, I, I did do an interview with Sarah Miller Mocha last week did an interview with the family when I was in Milk River. Um, I do have, I was at the jail at the remand center on Saturday. That video should be out today. Um, but I spoke with Nathaniel, with David, with uh, Marjana, the whole family, the folks there. Um, it's heartbreaking what is happening. So we absolutely cannot forget about Pastor Arthur Pavlowski, who very much has been fighting the fight that these truckers are fighting, but for two years five arrests struggling. If you want to support Pastor Arthur Pavlowski, who now we talked about the Infrastructure Critical Infrastructure Act, Pastor Arthur is the first person ever to be charged under that act, borderline being treated like a terrorist, facing serious jail time. His bail hearing is on Wednesday. I think, forgive me if I'm wrong, I think Sheila's going to live tweet 
the bail yes. hearing if she can get access. So Wednesday, stay tuned for that. We cannot forget about Pastor Arthur Pawlowski, who remains in jail in terrible conditions from what the family's telling us. If you want to help his legal efforts, go to Save Arthur. Dot com. Keep an eye out today. A video will be out with the family from the Calgary Remand Center, and we're going to continue to follow that story. But don't, in all of this, forget about Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. Yeah, another high-profile takedown, um, and his oh. crime this this time was offering a speech of hope to the truckers. Yeah. yeah. That they're they're trying to say that he's an organizer and blame the whole thing on him. This, the RC, what the RCMP did does not shock me at all with these excavators based on the way that police have treated Pastor Arthur Pawlowski. This is a man, and he, we understand, he understands, he'll say this. Some people think he's brash. Some people don't like him. I can assure you that is part of his uh, sort That's of a preaching. taste issue. That's yeah. not a law issue. And part of his preaching persona is this loud sort of... Uh, powerful Martin Luther King style speaking in person. He's very mellow. Sheila knows this. I know this sweet man. He's funny. Um, he's so funny. He's such a funny <laughs> guy. Um, and for what everything that his family has been through, ultimately, I understand per the court orders, there's some suggestions that he was violating the court orders. Ultimately, I think he was adhering to his charter rights and the courts out of line, but Sarah Miller will sort that out in court. Um, but ultimately what he has done is preached opened his church to everybody and fed homeless people without compromise. There he is down in uh, Coots or Milk River, Coots, I think. That's what he has done. And that's why he's being held in jail indefinitely pending a bail hearing. He fed the homeless, he opened his church, and he attended some peaceful protests. And that's not me spinning it. That is what he did, plain and simple. So savearthur.com, keep Sarah Miller and the team that is working on behalf of uh, Pastor Arthur Pawlowski working because this is this is unbelievable. Yeah, the man is suffering behind bars for opening his church and feeding the poor. But yes, let's get to some of these chats here. Yeah, we engaged Chad Haggerty on that to help Sarah Miller because it's just an enormous, yeah. enormous problem. It's my understanding that Pastor Art, he didn't even, he didn't go in a tractor. Yep. didn't go in a truck he yep. just went to smugglers that's sort of like trucker hq down there it's a yep. little pub and uh talked to the truckers yep and then left he wasn't there for a night i think he was just there for a day um and they arrested him when he was leaving to go again he was going to go down there again and they arrested him snagged him as he was going out the door where's amnesty international by the way yeah yeah where's anyway. uh where's some of the other religious leaders Oh, yeah. before we move on, we yeah. should uh, mention Ontario's reopening because apparently uh, they're moving into the next phase of reopening on February 17th. So uh, with key public health and health system indicators continuing to improve, but freedom ones to continuing to decline. The Ontario government in consultation with the chief necromancer is cautiously and gradually easing public health measures sooner. Yeah. This is all Doug Ford and definitely not, definitely, definitely not the truckers. No, no. Um, <laughs> We're calling it the trucker phase of reopening. Yeah. With measures being eased on February 17th. So what are the easing? They're increasing social gathering limits to 50 people indoors and 100 people outdoors. Increased organized public event limits to 50 people indoors with no limit outdoors. Removing capacity limits for the following indoor public settings where proof of vaccination is required, but not limited to restaurants, bars, um, movie theaters, event spaces, casinos, bingo halls. Oh, they're keeping the vax pass. 
that sounds like to me. Um, hey, can we just read the line about bathhouses and sex clubs? What on earth? What? How did I just blah bitty blah right over bathhouses and restaurants sex clubs? where the. <laughs> God. I don't see it, Adam. Okay. Um, sorry, your, your phrase, uh, indoor capacity limits to 25% at the remaining oh, higher risk settings. <laughs> okay, so you... These places were open to prevent. Don't, wor don't worry, they're 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 increasing the capacity at bathhouses and sex clubs, guys. In case you were worried about why doesn't the RCMP raid those places? You're too busy raiding churches. They're raiding churches, but the sex clubs are open. Um, oh we're in Sodom and Gomorrah, aren't we? Yep. If I turn around, I'm yeah. going to turn to salt. If I turn yeah, around and look at Toronto, worry. I'm just going to turn to salt. Um, if I can find they, even one person, even they one. closed the gyms because yeah. of disease spread, but kept the sex clubs open because yeah. no disease, no disease spread. Aren't we, aren't we in like a gonorrhea outbreak or chlamydia or something? We're always in some kind of yeah. chlamydia outbreak in Alberta, yeah. especially around stampede time. Keep it yeah. in your pants, people. Anyway, this yeah. is so they're uh, op they've opened the sex clubs up to more capacity. That's great. Um, allowing I'm fifty for freedom. I guess. <gasps> anyway, uh, increasing indoor capacity limits to 25% in high risk settings. Okay. We went through that one. Increasing capacity limits for indoor weddings, funeral, funerals, religious services, rites, or ceremonies to the number of people who can maintain two meters physical distance, even at weddings. Okay. Sex. So at a church, you need to maintain two meters distance with sex clubs have increased capacity. So on March 1st, Ontario will lift proof of vaccination requirements for all settings at this time. However, businesses and other settings may choose to continue to require proof of vaccination. So if you like discrimination, you get to keep your discrimination, yeah. I guess is how it goes. Masking requirements will remain in place at this time. The worst. Ontario, you're the worst. Yeah. The worst. Okay. Now, after that disappointing news, um, but good news if you are a swinger, uh, let's go into the chats. Don't send me messages, swingers. Just live your life. Just live your life, swingers. I don't care. Uh, David, but also you swingers don't seem like people who obey the government's rules anyways. So I bet you, you weren't operating at whatever it was, 10% or whatever swingers were doing later on at their sex clubs. I, I don't know. I got to stop talking about this. Let's yeah, just take some jazz. I'm a, turning into getting, a Dave Menzies segment. I'm breaking into cold sweats. <laughs> heebie jeebies. Okay. David bird 14 gives us 20 bucks. Police say no to Trudeau. The army say no to Trudeau. Family say no to Trudeau. So this is what's next. Emergency Act. Trudeau wants us to fight each other. Don't fall for it. Hold the line. I think that speech of hold the line is exactly what got Pastor Art in trouble, by the way. So David Bird, and expect a knock at your door is all I'm saying. Harper will always be my PM because it's five bucks. I'm surprised that the liberal gang does not get rid of that psycho JT if they ever want a hope of majority. What did Canada expect from a guy who wants to be like G for life? Yeah. Harper will always be my PM five bucks. So lunatic JT rushes to kneel with BLM as BLM cheers to attack cops, but the army that is asking too much, he's begging to help 
He's begging to help them attack taxpayers that pay for his lavish lifestyle, all for science. Say, uh, you know what? It's funny because cops. We talked about this in the meeting, but we never really got around to it. Cops that are not being complete authoritarian thugs towards the protesters in Ottawa. Yeah. People want them investigated when they're just like saying to the protesters, like, "Hey, good work for staying peaceful." Yeah. Uh, well, the the other side wants those cops investigated, but they're perfectly fine when cops kneeled with BLM. Some some like lunatic lady on Twitter was like blocking a car because he had a flag, and it, to anyone saying it was just a disjointed woman. Um, he wasn't even in a convoy. She he had a demon. That lady yeah. had a demon. Yeah, and then so people <laughs> blue check marks on Twitter are saying normal citizens are blocking convoys while police are directing them where to go. So the police are saying if you want to peacefully protest, here's the route to follow, and the truckers and the convoy are are respectfully doing that. And blue check marks are saying that that the police have lost the plot, and this crazy lady, presumably mentally ill lady, whatever yeah. she is. Is, is the good guy, and she's the model we need to follow. Oh, she probably went home and completely yelled at her cats. I feel yeah, bad for, for her sure. cats. Me too. Uh, CP70, is this 20 bucks? Thanks so much. I'm so glad I found Rebel News. You guys are awesome. How did we get to this? Canadians and Americans have been asleep at the wheel for far too long. The Great Awakening has begun. Oh, I hope so. Harper will Trudeau. always... Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Trudeau's a gift. In that way, he's so terrible, but no one could have unified and activated Canadians. I think we would have apathetically slipped into nothingness and lost our nation um, the way we're headed. I think we're going to look back at Justin Trudeau as that clown that was put in place by the truckers and Canadians reawoken. You look at Poland and some of these other countries who have reclaimed their identity. I think this might be that moment for Canada. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, you even just look at how there's so much camaraderie right now between Quebecers and Albertans, um, because we're uniting on this one issue. Um, you know, uh, Harper extinguished separatist movements all across the country through his election. Um, and Justin Trudeau has further united the country through his own ineptitude. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks, Uh, Justin, is what we're saying. Thanks, buddy. Uh, Harper will always be my PM, uh, gives us five bucks. If BLM or Antifa was to block Ottawa again, or railways, lunatic JT would be running there to take pictures for his IG kneeling. Wonder how long G Trudy will hang out living off taxpayers. Um, Trudeau, by the way, I don't know if anybody remembers the, I don't know more protests, but underlying to all of that and sort of like hanging on to that, like a parasite was chief Teresa Spence of Attawapiskat and her, boyfriend. I'm not really quite sure the uh, legal disposition of the case against him, but he was uh, charged with fraud for misappropriation of band funds while she's rolling around in an Escalade and everybody in the band there had no running water and the houses were falling apart. And so Harper said, we've got to audit this band. Where the heck is all the money going? And she said, oh, you're not auditing me. And she went on a hunger strike, uh, in She's Ottawa burgers a few times, but yes. Oh, and, and she was, she was in a hunger strike in a teepee, but she was sleeping in like a five-star hotel up the road. And, uh, normally when people go on hunger strikes, they at least suffer hunger, but she didn't look like she missed too many meals. And Justin Trudeau was in there 
like so fast she could hardly hide her the Big Mac under the blanket in the teepee uh, to take a picture with her about how he was standing in solidarity with this everyday Canadian against the overreach of a government who the government was only asking for accountability on behalf yeah. of the citizens of Attawapiskat. Uh, he was there. He was there, you know, to visit with this lady occupier. Um, but a hundred thousand people on your doorstep, he doesn't have time for them. Yeah. Sharon 11 gives us 10 bucks. Great work. You guys, God bless your courageous coverage. Well, thanks so much, you know, Sid and Lincoln and Alexa and David and everybody who was out over the weekend, just great work. Everybody's just working around the clock. Sorry. I'm sniffing. Uh, Paul Otto Newman, five bucks. If PM Castro, sends the army on unarmed protesters. I can't see Canada staying united doing so will cause irreparable harm East versus West times a thousand separatism will rise exponentially in the West and in Quebec. I would just be happy if we could separate from Toronto and Ottawa. Yeah. At this point, I'll keep everybody else. Just mm. district nine, those people it's fine. Yeah. Just build a fence, leave them in there. That's how they want to live. It's fine. But just leave us alone. I, our, our, our Toronto is talking in our ear. <laughs> AD, I said Adam and I would be taking refugees. Okay. Yeah. If you need a place to bug out, you can come here. You can sleep on my fifth wheel. Okay. Uh, Harper will always be my PM. Gives us two bucks. Lunatic JT cannot lift mandates if they continue making him millions in backroom deals with lobbying and donations. I said in 2015, when pot lovers cheered that thing in Ottawa, psycho only cares about two things himself and how much money he can make. I guess you mean Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. I bet money. The guy holding the communist flag never lived in it. Of course he didn't. We run into people all the time from Eastern Europe at the freedom protest saying, they listen to it. us. Yeah. We say, listen to us. Canadians don't look at pastor art. Pastor art's yeah. a perfect example of this. Um, and they say, you got to listen to us. We see what's happening here. Yeah. yeah. Also Chinese Canadians in the lower mainland. Yeah. They're, lo they're the loudest ones who are saying there's a genocide happening in China. Please listen to us. The people who started the warning call, the people who lived on the margins in other countries and came here for freedom were the first people, people not politically active here because they came here to get away from that. But they yeah. were the first people to say, we've seen this before. This is what happens. And, and unfortunately, not enough people listen soon enough, but they're certainly listening now. Yeah. Becca Henderson gives us a buck, says she saw someone holding a sign saying gas the unvaccinated with a Nazi symbol on it. Where's the outrage? Who are the neo-Nazis? Yeah. Uh, see broad arrow five bucks when a peaceful protest is threatened with state violence by seizing property and losing your license to earn a living. We no longer live in a free democratic country. Yeah. I think Doug Ford this morning, he announced that, uh, there's a potential for lice like commercial driver's licenses to be pulled from people who are participating in the protests in the convoys. So you're, this is blackmail. Really, this is the same thing people are there protesting against. They're saying, I don't want to take your vaccine to do my job, or I don't want to tell you if I took a vaccine to do my job. And so they feel like they're being denied the ability to make a living. And so what does Doug Ford do in response? Okay, well, we couldn't bring you to bear there. So let's deny you your ability to make a living over here in an attempt to control you and to bring you into ideological conformity with the government. Uh, King seven, seven, three, four, five bucks. My two favorite rebels. Well, thank you very much. One rebel and one rebel. 
see what I did there, Sheila. I did. Good job. I am glad that I'm not being bombarded with douche <laughs> as Andrew is not there. You know what? There's a rebel for everybody. You know, I'm not so to everybody's. Nice. He's so nice. And I'm not yeah. to everybody's taste. Some people find me um, terse and shrill and I accept that criticism. So um, yeah, there's a rebel for everybody here at the network. C1 CIS, five bucks. I wonder when Trudeau, Kenny Ford, Moe, and Legault will start wearing military uniforms to the legislature in Parliament. <laughs> Kenny should grow a tiny little mustache under his nose. It's so becoming. It's anyway. Harper will always be my PM, a buck. I would love to know if that socialist Ford actually shares Deco's millions with Renata and Rob's kids. I personally highly doubt as he shares old Rob's house was sold. I, I don't know. I don't know. I just know that, uh, his business was essential, but so many other people's weren't yeah. bill CF seven, a buck. Sheila, did you see the video of the mainstream media laughing at who will be the next flag waiver to be flattened by police? I sent you a video yesterday. Thanks rebel. I don't always see everything that gets sent to me because, um, it's a lot, it's a lot, but I will take a look. Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. If only those lazy OPP clowns did actual police work, they could actually catch criminals or rescue kids being trafficked across Ontario right now. Sanico gives us five bucks. The arrest the RCMP made wasn't even the person they were looking for, and the RCMP admitted it on camera. As I know, the guy who was arrested, I watched the video. Bill CF7, a buck. Three Canadian Special Forces members are being investigated for helping remove fences around the war memorial in Ottawa, according to CBC. I did see that. Um, how uh, take down the fences for the memorial that is dedicated to them? Yeah. That's Ridiculous. I mean, and it, often you'll see the military standing with the people against the police. Historically speaking, there is a precedent for that. And we did see the veterans lining up in front of uh, truckers and sort of taking that stand. So uh, hopefully there's some more of that veterans yeah, who fought for freedom i also saw on facebook there's a, a facebook account dedicated to just outing uh people with stolen valor and the left i guess had been sending them like a ton of pictures of the veterans that were there saying oh can you tell us if these are real veterans um like based on their medals and stuff that's usually how they do their little forensic examination like you how did you get that medal yeah. You can't have that medal and that medal because you couldn't have been in those places at that time kind of thing. And they said it looks to them like every single one of those, at least that were photographed, were actual veterans. Yeah. So, but I mean, I love how the left all of a sudden cares about uh, the war memorial when they're the ones that are like, cancel Remembrance Day. It's a sign of imperialism. Pick a lane. Just yeah. pick a lane and stay in it. Yeah. A Twinks gives us 10 bucks. So Ontario private functions will be limited to hundred outdoors, but no limits on public venues. How can you say vax passes are lifted when you still allow businesses to impose them and they're not lifted. Things no. could change by the first Harper will always be my PM gives us a buck. Calgary lazy cops should take courage. They do not have, they do not have off car motto and stick coffee getter on it more fitting for them. Take off their uh, slogan and they should get a coffee getter tag instead. I think. Ah, uh, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, sister two, a buck. How much money has been added to the Trudeau foundation since 2015? That's a great question. Yeah. Twinks five. Is there truth to the rumor that the Trudeau foundation and Trudeau himself have a financial stake in Acuritas, the company that supplies the transport mechanism for 
mRNA. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not sure we should look into it. But I don't think that would uh, necessarily change anything we see happening in the world right now, whether that were true or not. Uh, Twinks, a buck, both Ford and Trudeau have misused and abused the Emergency Measures Act. Don't they have to get Parliament to agree? Does that not include the official opposition? I thought it had to go to a vote, but I'm not sure. They, I know that they did talk with the opposition as well as the NDP. And I think they the basically premier, told so. them. I think yeah. they basically told the opposition, this is what we're going to do. The NDP are supporting us. So, yeah. And from so what I've heard, and this borders in rumors, but uh, there was a, we're going to give local authorities a certain amount of time, but this is the direction that we're heading. So that's the, the, the word on the street, so to speak. All righty. I think we are officially caught up. We're 20 minutes. We're 20 minutes past the hour. And before we go, we should tell you that we, I'm just going to roll back up. So I get it, everything exactly right. Very exciting. Uh, yes. Misunderstood. So misunderstood. Why don't you, uh, while I look for exactly what the promo should say. So it officially launches tomorrow at seven Eastern time on rebel news plus. Um, so do definitely check that out. We got Nat and Catherine funny, charming, uh, going to take a bit of a sort of a reverent look at some societal elements, the political connotations through their perspective there. We've got the stuff coming up there. Um, and if you do use the code misunderstood, as it's written up there on the screen, 25, misunderstood 25, you can get 25% off your Rebel News Plus subscription. Uh, that is a very good way to support our independent journalism. For those out there who don't know, um, all of our sort of news stories, um, the breaking news, the facts we have to get out to you, that is made available to you uh, for free. But if you want to support this journalism, we don't dig into your pockets like the other outlets out there um, and demand that you pay us. But you can support us by subscribing to Rebel News Plus. You get some incredible content, The Gun Show, one of the best shows in the world, obviously, um, but Ezra Levant's show, Rebel Roundup, Andrew Says, on and on and on, so much good stuff. And now this new incredible show, Misunderstood, I'm very much looking forward to it. So subscribe to Rebel News Plus and use Misunderstood 25 for that nice discount. Thank you, Adam. And uh, we are looking to add more paywalled content so that it... Uh, through 2022 so that that eight bucks a month that your subscription costs you um, will get you even more content than ever before. And if you are, maybe you're a mom like me and you have kids, Kat and Nat's age, and you are not sure about whether or not they're conservative, but you know that they're normal. Um, now's maybe a chance to invest in a gift subscription for them, mm -hmm. especially with that 25% discount and sort of introduce them to, Oh, I hear a promo in my ear. Andrew was playing a promo in my ear. I don't know if everybody else heard that, but um, it, it might be a good chance for you to sort of invest in your children by getting them a gift subscription for uh, rebel news plus. So they'll get access to these very charming ladies, but also, mm -hmm this charming lady and a few of the charming guys too. Um, and I think we have a promo that will roll on the way out the door, but before we go, um, I want to thank Adam very much for joining me as a co-host today. I want to thank everybody in the studio in Toronto for putting this show together and all the web team to get all the links together so that you at home know where you can watch us. Uh, I want to thank everybody for watching. I want to thank everybody who pitched in to uh, support the work that we do here. Rebel news. That's your choice with your dollars. Um, and as David Menzies says, stay sane. They're home afraid to leave their house watching the CBC. 
ingesting all this fear and then they're the one that's lying. And I told them, you are you report fake news. And I'm so thankful that I can come, I can bring my children so that if our pictures, there's plaster everywhere so that people would know this is a God-fearing families, honorable families that are coming here supporting this. This is about the family unit and restoring the family unit and keeping Canadians happy. This is beautiful. I love that you you feel safe coming down yes, here. I mean, safe all place. the flags, safest place on yes. the planet right now. Yes. The crime rate's gone down a fair bit, I hear. Yes. <laughs> yes, it's imploded. This morning, I saw tons of homeless people lining up with me, getting breakfast, free hot meals, like the best, bacon, eggs, um, fruits, and they're just well-fed, and we're able to be there and just love on them, and this is bringing like, life to the city. You know? as, as Canadians, what do you think about Trudeau's words that, hey, we've heard you go home? <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Good luck. Maybe he hasn't been paying attention, but uh, they, should, they ought to fly him in a helicopter over here he, so he can have a good long look because uh, nobody's going home. I, I don't think he realized that every negative thing he says about us adds fuel to our fire, to our passion, to the point where most people here, they would die for freedom, they would die for the cause because they see how wicked and how hateful, and there, there is a division of the elite class of government people who hate just the everyday Canadian. And there is a division there and the people are rising up because everything he says is turning against him and causing the people to rise up. So we're thankful for Justin Trudeau to promote I don't like for us. <laughs> we're thankful for him. <laughs> He's actually brought Canadians to, yes, together unwittingly. Under one banner. Yeah. <laughs> I love your family. I guess you don't want the mandates put in place. Uh, no, the we will not abide by them no matter how long they're here. Uh, we simply will not comply anymore. It's over. It's over. Yes. <laughs>